I'm in the middle of building a house here in upstate New York and that's a big project and everybody tells you it costs twice as much and takes twice as long and you don't really believe them and then it definitely costs twice as much. It takes twice as long. So <laughs> It does. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shremko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. My name is Ezra Firestone, and I'm here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks, Ezra. It's great to be back. And uh, hey, we're back. What happened there? Yeah, you know, it was the end, and now it's the beginning. It's been two years, man. It's kind of like the Earth rotating around the sun, you know, in orbit, which is linked to our topic today. It is. Yeah, it's been two trips around the sun since we've last hopped on to talk on a Think, Act, Get episode. And this episode is on space. And there's, a, you know, quite a few definitions of space out there. And the ones that we're going with today is a position, two or more items at a distance from one another, or a continuous expanse, which is free, available, or unoccupied space. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. I love it. And, you know, we chose this topic because we've had a little bit of space from doing podcast episodes on the show. And one thing we noticed is that the further we got from the last episode, the more romantic and the more goodwill we had towards the show itself and what it did for us and our business and how it contributed to members of our community who were listening and taking the willpower challenges each time we published a show. I think we all grew through it and we remembered it fondly and thought, wouldn't it be good to reconnect? And what I found is sometimes space in between can really help you see what's valuable to you and what you like, because when it's not there, you miss it and uh, it helps you reflect on it. That's sort of how I was thinking about it and experienced something recently with a family member who was like a bit too close to me for a while there. And then I had a week or so off and then had a lovely lunch and things were great again. Just like sometimes you just need to have a little mini vacation and uh, appreciate things better. Yeah. You know, for me, like I always say that there are three phases to any cycle. There's before you do it where you're thinking about it and you're anticipating it and you're planning and you're enjoying it. And then there's the actually doing it where you're actually in the cycle and you're doing it and it's feeling good or it's not. And then there's remembering it and reviewing. And most people that I know skip that phase, especially in business. They don't do what we call post-mortems where after a launch or after a new product or after a sales cycle or after anything going back sitting down with their team saying, hey, how was this? What did we do well? What didn't we do well? How can we improve? Reviewing what happened and looking at how to make things better based on that data is something that we've incorporated into our business over the last two years and it has really, really helped. And you know, for me, I needed space from all of my creative cycles. Like I had, this was one thing, but I had many other creative cycles that were regimented and structured and I needed to not have that set, hey, you have to do this at this time. I just needed space to go inward and figure out where was my passion? What do I want to create? What do I want to be putting out into the world? And in order to answer those questions, I had to remove all of the scheduled 
creation off of my plate, of which ThinkAtGet was one of them. You know, I was having a chat to one of our friends, Greg Merrilees, studioondesign.com, yesterday about how you live more of a dream life. And one thing I said to him is when you're in the moment, when you're doing things, pay particular attention to how that makes you feel. I think you really hit on something there. It sort of rolls off your tongue because of your background, Ezra. But I think for a lot of, uh, I say this without being rude, a lot of normal people, you know, people just raised in society, they're not really tuned into the feelings. So I was saying, look, if you're about to do a task or you're in the task and you're not enjoying it, pay attention to that so that you can remove that from your future schedule and you're effectively creating space from it. If you really love it and it nags on you and you enjoyed it and you miss it, then you can go back to it. So I think one thing we've learned is don't be afraid to stop doing something, to feel that that's a forever thing, because quite often you can just pick something back up. It's like, I didn't windsurf for 20 years and then did it again, and it was fun to do again. I remember the good times, and even though I slammed my rib, you know, just before (laughs) my wedding, it was funny. Uh, It was really fun to just reconnect with the old joy. I mean, I used to windsurf every day after school instead of studying. Wow. Probably wasn't good for my academia, but it was good for my soul. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you touched on something there, which is the way to have a pleasurable and enjoyable life is to number one, enjoy the things that you are doing, bring enthusiasm, bring a positive attitude, you know, look for ways to have fun with it. And then also acknowledge what's not enjoyable to you. And one of the things I don't think we do enough as business owners, entrepreneurs, people who live in this tech rich digital society is deliberately create space. And I'll give you an example from my own life. You know, my wife, Carrie, is very into meditation and isolation retreats and that kind of stuff. And for me, if I was to design a party, it would not look like a meditation retreat, right? Because in <laughs> on one of these meditation retreats, they stick you alone in a hut by yourself for more than a week. They feed you like two bowls of slop every day, which is, it's very delicious slop, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like gruel. And then you kind of sit there. And usually when you are replacing the routine and stimulation of your daily life with something new, you're replacing it with a new set of routines and stimulation. You're traveling, you're at an event, you're doing something. Well, in this case, you replace all the activity of your daily life with sitting in isolation without technology. Maybe you've got a pen and a paper, maybe you've got a couple books, but you're really just sitting. And for me, that was very difficult because I grew up in a communal setting. I was not alone by myself for more than two days until I was like 21. So this idea that this experience that we were planning for ourselves was we're going to go sit around by ourselves seemed like a terrible strategy to me. So, But anyways, I wanted to get a sense of why Carrie enjoyed this. And I wanted to get a sense of like what she was getting out of it and be able to relate with her about it. So I signed up and I went and did this thing. And what I found was, and now I'm semi-addicted to this experience, which is the deliberate creation of space from technology and cycles for at least two days, if not more, every couple months. Because what I found was that When I went inward in that way, when I had no opportunity for stimulation beyond examining my life and examining my viewpoints and examining what I was afraid of and examining what I was excited about, I was able to access a type of thinking and a type of creation that I have never found in any other way than when I go and spend two to three days, if not longer, alone by myself and go into thought. And so... I think that as a tool in this society, if you do that once every three, four months, even if it's just for a day where you exclude yourself from technology and you just go inward and you create that space to be able to truly think and truly feel what feels right to you and what you're happy about and what you're not, it's a really powerful tool. And it's one that I was not leveraging 
until recently. Yeah, you know, I've had definitely a huge revolution since you introduced me to surfing in Hawaii. I have that daily space from everything else, space away from family, space away from the business, space away from my phone, my laptop, from the car. It's just me floating around the ocean with dolphins and seagulls, you know, eagles sometimes, occasionally something less dolphin-like. <laughs> but having that space on a regular basis is also very effective without having to lock yourself in a teepee. And I think <laughs> just between you and I... Yeah, do it every day, right? Yeah, just between you and I, we've had different upbringings and we're also a different generational age. So I still grew up in that age where you ride your BMX bicycle until the streetlights come on and then you go home for dinner. Like We didn't have phones and I've seen the difference with my own kids, that stimulation you're talking about. They're not getting space from it and these days, it's really common that kids are having addictions to technology and so forth. So I think it's very healthy to regulate that ongoing. And I think almost you basically removed the distraction to the point where you had to confront reality. You escaped your regular zone outside of it and you had to confront it. When I watch those astronaut movies, speaking of space, I often think, well, they're in a little tin can. You know, David Bowie talks about that in his song. But they're in this little tin can. There's really no escape from reality. They are out there. They're not on Earth. There's no warm bed and food and safety and security. They are totally isolated. And it's really interesting when we get to the quotes, how they reflect upon that and what's going through their mind. But I imagine when you're in it, you might want to stay there for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that has happened in my life, as you know, because we were talking about this when we were still doing Think I Get regularly, is I have moved out to the country. Yeah. And so every day I go for a walk outside and I'm in nature and I don't have any distractions, and I'm able to be with my thoughts. And, you know, I feel like my 20s was all about rah, rah, go, take action, just <laughs> doing things. And I feel like one of the lessons that I've been learning in my 30s is something that you've been very good at and that you've been advising me on for years, which is sit, be still, think, be deliberate, and then take action. You know, because what I would used to do is I'd take action and I'd go in the wrong direction and I'd have to travel all the way back the way I came just to get a little bit forward. So I feel like this idea of deliberately creating either what you're doing, which is routine space every day. You've got a couple hours where you are in your thoughts, in your physical body and, uh, while you're surfing, away from family, away from relationships, away from technology and just able to recenter. As I've gotten older, I've learned the value of that in a way that I just did not understand as a young person. And I'm still pretty young, but I mean, just like even newly in the last couple of years, I've started to really get the power of that strategy. And it's hard to get it when you're young, because when you're young, you just want to ignore the sage wisdom of the older person. Just do your thing anyway. You just have to do it. It's like you just need to go through it almost. And I remember even doing things, knowing it wasn't the right thing, but I just felt like I had to do it. So I totally get that if you're thinking that. And I'll tell you one of the biggest innovations for me in life, and I thought a lot about it, you know, I published a book, Work Less, Make More. I talk about it a lot. I think about it. I do it. I'm a practitioner and finding leverage in my life and creating a better life for myself and for others is that my three-day work week routine has transformed everything for me. That's where I take Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. There's no scheduled calls. There's no bookings ever on those four days. And I load my work to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
And what I've done with that is I've created, again, as you said, it's that continual spaced segments. So every single week I have four days of not being in and surrounded by and committed to putting energy into calls and appointments or external activities is probably the easiest way to classify that. I'm free then to potter or pick and choose and do or not do, depending on what works for me. But when I'm on, like today's the start of my work week I am on. I'm in it. I'm energetic. I'm fully focused. I'm enjoying it because I know that I've got another space coming. And what you said before about cycles is so true. And it goes beyond just like the before, during and after type phases. It actually goes to the seasonal type cycles as well. And and we learn that from the waves and the weather and the bushfires and, you know, things change and they cycle through ups and downs, you know, hot, cold, high tide, low tide, day, night, even the earth rotates around the sun. It's never staying still. So if you can harness those cycles, I guess there's a point in your life where there's just a need for the space. And that space can be hugely beneficial, even though it's technically like the absence of anything. It's the distance. And distance really does fix a lot of things or melt things away. That's the other thing. If you've got any difficult scenarios or things that aren't desirable, over time, those things will diminish in value unless you keep revisiting them, which is, I think, essentially why people suffer trauma. They keep bringing it back into their future. Stop bringing it back and let space dissolve it. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I also want to bring up this idea of, because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to come back a little bit to business because I know we got a lot of business owners listening. And I read a quote recently, and I'll be curious your thoughts on this, that said, at the beginning stages of a business, you have to delegate what you're not good at. At the later stages of scaling a business, you want to get good at delegating what you are good at. You want to take space from any ongoing consistent cycles that someone else could do for you. You want space from those. You want to get people in to do those so that you can be figuring out what comes next and tinkering and checking on things. And, you know, that's been a process for me this year is I have a big team and I've got a lot of people doing a lot of stuff. And this year in particular, I've been looking at where does my time actually go and is it the most effective there? And I've been taking space from most of my daily activities, searching for what happens if I stop doing this, experimenting with if I stop doing this and I have someone else do it what happens. And that's been a worthwhile and useful experiment for me. And I've found a lot of things that I could be delegating slash taking space from that would support my team's growth, my company's growth, and also my freedom of time and energy to focus on the bigger picture vision and holding everyone accountable. So what do you think about that quote and that strategy in general? Yeah, 100%. I've often said the harder things to delegate are the things you're actually good at. And I had an electrician recently replacing some switches and fans and in my place and PowerPoints. And I was thinking about him, you know, he's really good at that stuff. I bet you he's always tempted to do his own building. Whenever he's doing stuff, he'd probably do it himself at the cost of doing a high profit job for someone else. So it's so seductive to do the thing you're good at. If you're really good with technology, I bet you a lot of business owners are tinkering around with their website, which is really the very last thing they should be playing with. The hardest thing of all to outsource is the stuff that you are really good at. And that requires challenging your ego. It requires a huge mental discipline to work out the effective hourly rates. And then it really comes down to that classic definition of what is a business. And I think you could say the difference between a job and a business is the extent that it works without you. And if you're doing that prime role in your business, then it's more job-like than business-like. 
And if you can go away for a month or two and it still all happens and it functions well, then you've effectively got someone else to do the thing that you were doing before. Absolutely. Well, what's one thing you've taken space from recently? Person, place, activity? Yeah, person. I took space from a person who was just a bit in my face. And, you know, I said so and then had a break and then reconnected and it was all great. And it's because some people have different tolerances of how much contact they need or want. Right. And mine was exceeded. So I just said so. And then it was all restored back to normal. So that was great. Yeah. It was really effective. And that fixed everything, just having some time out. Yeah. It's amazing how much taking space from something and reflecting can allow you to get your kind of emotional, um, like you can assess how you truly feel about what is going on and have it be separate from the intensity of the experience, which I think is a really valuable tool before you take action, take space, reflect, and then take action. Anything else you want to add on space before we get to news and updates? Well, no, you know what would be really fun? It'd be fun if we could do some of our segments. Yeah, well, I said, before we get to news and updates, you want to add anything else? No, I think we've covered space effectively. All right. Well, why don't we roll Carol? Yeah, roll Carol. Weekly Willpower Wager. Thanks, Carol. Thank you, Carol. And James, what's our weekly willpower wager? I'd say identify something that you're too close to and put some space in between it. You know, it might be a difficult conversation. It might be just quietly sneaking out the back door. It might be just putting something to the side. Like, for example, if you're paralyzed and overwhelmed with business stuff, just write them all down on a piece of paper, stick it in your top drawer and forget about it. Let it go. Give it some space. Probably come back to those ideas next year and they might look like garbage or they might look amazing. But space will dictate that for you because you'll change in the meantime. The piece of paper won't change, but you'll change. It's like when you renew that domain name that you purchased at 3 a.m a year ago and you now with the distance of one year you look at it and think what was i thinking yeah i have well over a hundred of those we all have them we all have them ezra <laughs> anyone listening to this show i, I own earth dogs d-o-g-g-z.com <laughs> don't ask i've let most of mine uh expire managed to sell a couple and uh i'm down to an all-time low i've probably only got a couple of hundred domains but i had thousands at one point Most of them are good. There's some garbage in there. All right, I'm going to hit us with our quote on space from Yuri Gagarin. I could have gone on flying through space forever. Yuri Gagarin. It's sort of telling, isn't it? Yuri was a Russian cosmonaut who went up there and uh, was just sort of doing some laps of the earth. It's sort of telling, you know, that it was so peaceful and serene. And he's really the guy up there doing this such a rare feat. Like, would never have been able to predict what it's going to be like until you're there. But he's definitely in the moment, isn't he? I mean, yeah. And it goes to show you that, you know, space is enjoyable. It's a mode of operation. What I found was like my mind was like a butterfly's wings when I lived in the city. And then I moved to the country, which created a kind of space from the intensity of just forward, forward, forward. And now that I'm in this mode, I'm actually able to move more effectively through higher paced environments and slower pace environments like i like this middle road and i think once you drop into that more spacious mode in any area of life it's very compelling and it's hard to transition back into a faster pace mode it's good to have both dynamics available but i'm a fan of a slower pace in general now that could just be age talking but it is definitely where i'm at yeah i'm at that too i find when i go to an event a few days of an event is enough for me it's too much stimulation and i can't wait to just go back to my beach house Surf it off. Funny how that works. Get back into my three-day routine. I remember you were going through that manic phase of just travel and, you know, lots of suitcases and tech and interviews and stuff, and you got blurred up in it all. 
And I said to you, one day you'll have had enough. <laughs> yeah. And it mightn't be now, it might be in a while, but at some point you just get over it. And a lot of people I speak to, I'm coaching at a high level, often they've been doing a lot of speaking from stage or they've had a high pressure business model and they just need a break from it. They need to step away from it and get more leverage. So I'm all about leverage. And I think for me, leveraging space into your life on a regular basis is very effective. You actually can make a lot more money and you're much happier. And that's the crazy counterintuitive nature of it. It's really interesting. What other section do we have? Really interesting how that works. Now, James, before we get to the end of the episode, do you have any news and updates to share? Oh, look, you know, at this time of publishing, we're coming in close to Superfast Business Live. And, uh, you know, the whole time we've been doing the show, that's probably been a regular news and update thing. The evolution of that is it's uh, still a great event, usually in March in Sydney. And also... Forget about the Maldives because that's booked out for like two years. It's wow. just It's been so popular. The people who come rebook and it's just never available. I'm sorry. Uh, there is a waiting list, but don't expect that to be open anytime soon. But you might pick up a late dropout. You know, someone has a life situation. Like um, one guy became a best man at a wedding and freed up a spot just the month before. So it's still worth being on the list if it's something you want to do. Or just catch a flight to Sydney and paddle out at Manly Beach. Yeah. You might run into big James Ramco. What else? You know, I've been kicking ass with the book, Work Less Make more it's on amazon and audible that's gone really well it's still ranked in the top of marketing and entrepreneurship especially in australian marketplace probably because i have quite a few audience members here and other than that no life's just great i'm enjoying my surfing my business is doing well i'm happy with my team my wife my baby of course i've got a baby since we last recorded <laughs> little baby lucy life is fantastic and when i can record a podcast with my best mate great students I'm having an amazing time. You doggies. What about you? Well, I'm in the middle of building a house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really good. It's fun to hear that. I'm in, I'm in the middle of building a house here in upstate New York, and that's a big project. And everybody tells you it costs twice as much and takes twice as long, and you don't really believe them. And then it definitely costs twice as much. It takes twice as long. So <laughs> it does. that's kind of fun. That's happening. You know, Zipify is running on all cylinders. We got 5,000 customers now, and we're launching a new app in uh, Q1. And, and that's for Shopify stores owners, right? Yeah, that's a, you know, I do apps for Shopify store owners. And, I, you know, I've stepped back as the lead educator at Smart Marketer. Molly Pittman has stepped in as the lead advertising educator. And I'm more of, you know, out there speaking on stages, doing podcasts, doing joint ventures, but I, and I'm still creating, but I'm not like running the team traffic Facebook group or the big TMTP, you know, Molly's really stepped in. And that's been a good move for me to to make Smart Marketer a platform for more than just myself it makes it a little bit more of an asset, a little bit more evergreen, a little bit less of, you know, the Ezra show. And, that, and that's felt really, really good to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's great you're in a position now where you've got things working your way. Isn't it great having property and, and that security and the control, not having rental inspections and having to be, move when they sell the place and all of that stuff? I think that's the way to go. I don't care what all those investment gurus say about you should rent and make more money. Screw that. Enjoy the serenity. I agree. I think they miss out. Oh, big time. I was talking to someone at the, at the I know we got to jump, but I was talking to someone earlier today saying the value and fun and experience and energy that comes from loving a space from loving something into beauty, from putting attention on a space that is yours and rooting down is non-quantifiable and also probably the most one of the most valuable experiences of my life. So I'm into have a space that is yours if you can, invest in that space and uh, you know learn from that process and enjoy that process and use the energy that that creates towards everything in your life. With that said, this has been Think 
act, get on space. We focus on mindset, behavior, and results. And we want to improve the life of you, our listener, and your business. So everything we do is directed at you, our listener. And I want to say thank you so much for joining us two years later on episode 75 of Think at Get. I want to say thank you, James, for your support and enthusiasm in making this happen. And uh, anything you want to say before we close out? Oh, just no, Thank you, Ezra, for being awesome. And you're just a top guy. You bring so much value to the market, to the world of business, to the world of relationships. What you and Kerry do is inspiring. Thank you for posting on social media. And uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. This has been fantastic. Yeah, I'd like that. Over and out. Think, act, get. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.